Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. Uh, today, we've got our fall football kickoff. Um, media day was this afternoon at Camp Randall. So what we're going to do for today's episode, Matt and I will chat quick about um, kind of our takeaways, the, the roster release, things like that. But it'll be uh, pretty quick because we've got a ton of audio from Media Day to put in there. I was just editing it. It looks about an hour's worth of audio that'll be after our little portion here. So quite a lengthy episode, but I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, so of the audio, uh, it's all of Paul Chris' opening presser, which was about 25 to 27 minutes. A lot more than he's probably comfortable talking. He's usually wanted to be up there for five minutes, and he, he spoke quite a bit. Um, then there's audio from Graham Mertz. Uh, Mickey Turner, tight end coach, various position coaches, various players. Um, One thing I will mention, it was a little windy. Usually they like to have this inside. Um, They had it outside due to COVID this year, and it was a very windy day. And if you've been to Camp Randall, you know how that wind can whip. So I do apologize. Some of the audio is a little bit harder to hear, but we had to to make do with what we had. And I still think you guys will enjoy um, hearing from the players and coaches. It was nice to, to see everyone in person rather than on Zoom for a change. So hopefully you guys will enjoy that in the back portion of the show. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Media Day was uh, a ton of fun. Like I said, it was nice to to see all the faces, see the people in person once again and, and hear from them. Of course, today, the Media Day and practice starting on Friday morning. It's an exciting time for all of us Badger fans for sure. So Real quick before we get into the audio, let's talk about, um, you know, well, first let's talk about the roster because that came out um, before media day and before all that kicked off. Um, a few takeaways that I think you could make from it. Um, anything that really stood out to you in terms of the full 2021 roster release? Uh, a couple things. Um, the big thing was, you know, confirmation, Daniel Wright, Malik Reed, no longer with the program, both enter the transfer portal. Uh, Cooper Nelson, local kid out of some prairie, no longer on the roster. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Walk on wide receiver. But the big one was Titus Toller um, mm-hmm. is applying for a medical hardship waiver after he was injured last year. After that Michigan game, he got an interception in that game, was injured later on, didn't see him the rest of the year, M- missed all of spring practice. It seems like that that injury hasn't gotten any better maybe take, take a step away from football for now, um, which is tough to see considering he was a kid that I think a lot of people were excited about. So I think that opens up doors for maybe a guy like Hunter Waller to maybe um, see the field a little bit more this season. Um, and then the other thing was, I feel like it's it's a broken record every off season, but Isaiah Green may um, wait, right? Like I think the Weight Watchers, he, he's up to 234, um, I know you had the chance to talk to Bobby April and you said that he sounded like just absolutely gushing about Isaiah Green May. So I, who knows? I, I don't want to get too far ahead and get that hype rolling again. But the other thing that uh, really jumped out from the roster itself was um, 
just kind of looking at it's always a mixed bag when you see some of the freshmen coming in. Um, and, and in terms of those freshmen, a lot of them you can see that you could have cut about an inch off of what they had listed at across the major recruiting services. <laughs> Ricardo Hallman was six foot, we were told. He came in at 5'10". Um, Deacon Hill, almost 250 pounds is is something. Um, and, and then a new long snapper because Duncan McKinley uh, tore his ACL in the spring. So I, I think you're looking at it. Those were the main things. I loved seeing Isaac Townsend at 275 as well. I thought that was a positive. Yeah, it's always fun to come comb through the uh, the roster a little bit and get through all of that. Um, it was really, I, I think the takeaways that you mentioned are are certainly the ones that stand out. Um, of course, the Titus Toller situation, they were talking about that at, at Media Day as well. Just sounds like you mentioned, it just hasn't maybe really gotten better. Um, Jim Leonard sounded really disappointed with it, not because it's not progressing, but it's a kid that he recru- or, you know, recruited and is coached and, and was really looking forward to see what he can do. So it sounds like they're hoping at some point he'll be able to get back to football, but your health is most important to start, um, which I think, yeah, that was a, a significant news part. The Isaiah Green May part that you mentioned was, yeah, I was actually listening to Jim Leonard talk uh, about various things and, and Bobby April was at the table next to him. And I just heard him really ranting and raving about Isaiah Green May he said it's the best Isaiah he's seen yet, which would be significant when you talk about, this past year, needing more pass rush, needing a guy like him. He said he's got all the physical tools, and you mentioned the weight at 234, that he's got the opportunity to to take on a, a bigger role. So the way Bobby April was talking about it, it sounds like he's going to guy that certainly be in the rotation, and as long as he does that um, in the fall consistently. So having a guy that maybe was off some radars pop back on is is certainly newsworthy, but Otherwise, yeah, I, I think the takeaways that you mentioned were, were certainly there, and it's always fun to, to start looking through the roster, getting some of these names, and uh, finally seeing some of these you know young guys uh, put their name to the paper. Yeah, like even a guy like Marcus Allen coming in at 6'1", 215, like that's really good size for a wide receiver, whereas a guy like Daryl Peterson, who, you know, 6'3", um, 250 as an outside linebacker is, is kind of, you know, a little on the shorter side. He's that came in at six one, which is kind of, uh, you know, so I, I think there's things there to see, but I, I just, I don't want to make a huge deal out of, of some incoming heights and weights, because let's be honest, some of these kids will end up growing um, over time. And I, I just think that that's always something that we look at. The bigger thing was the toller no longer on the roster. I think he was a kid we were both extremely high on. And I know for a fact, the staff was high on and, and really they had him penciled in as somebody for the future at that safety role. Yeah, certainly unfortunate news for him. Hopefully he gets back um, healthy and, and with the team soon. I know uh, everybody was looking forward to, to see what he could do um, at that collegiate level. Before we get into the audio, anything? I know there was some some standouts for sure from Media Day. Uh, Paul Christ talked a lot about name, image, and likeness. Um, really, you know, like I said, he talked for a while, um, got a little deep with with all the things. He, he sounds very excited, and you know, he hit. I think if you had a bingo card for his cliches, he hit most of them, but that's that's kind of what you expect. Um, in Jim Leonard speaking, he kind of talked about um, the defense just needing to be more aggressive, force more turnovers, uh, more tackles for losses, havoc. He also mentioned that um, he was really hungry to to get back to Madison and, and finish some unfinished business that he had on his mind. You know, when asked about, you know, there's various questions about his uh, future and, and all the other jobs that kind of dominated the headlines this offseason with him potentially hopping over. And then 
really, I think the the third position coach that, that really stood out, we've got some of the audio in there. It was Gary Brown. He talked a lot about the running back room. Seems really excited about um, Chesma Lucy. Uh, he talked about him being a three down back that can do it all, which is certainly what Wisconsin was looking for. So of the, you know, there was various media members there that put out a lot of stuff. Anything that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think the Gary Brown thing um, was definitely something, you know, talking about Malusi, but also just I, I didn't know, and I know you tweeted this out, but that um, Braylon Allen was the one who initiated the idea of starting mm-hmm. off at running back with Wisconsin. Um, you know, you you heard Graham Mertz talk about it. You heard um, Jim Leonard talk about it. You heard Gary Brown talk about it, all talking about this true freshman. And I think we've all seen kind of what he did this past year in the weight room films, but to have that much buzz around him, I think is pretty telling um, for a kid who's, you know, 17 years old. So I think that's exciting. He, he also another person who came in at 238, which is, which is monstrous for a running back. Um, but the other thing was um, Rudolph offensive line coach um, saying same top group, but that uh, a couple guys were pushing um, behind them. And then Aaron Witt, would not being kind of full go right away, um, according to Bobby April. Those were things that that I noticed and saw that were were kind of notable in, for me, just because um, I think if Wit is is slowed by an injury, I think that increases the likelihood that Green May has a chance to be in that rotation even more. Um, you know, Green May's got that got the talent, he's got the athleticism. It's always been his health, and he brings something similar to Wit in terms of that that size and the length. Um, Witt's got him by a little bit in terms of weight, but I do think that added bulk by Green May will, will help them out. And those were the things that I kind of took from everything, uh, as well as seeing another iteration of Mission Barbecue tweeting out offensive line photos is always fun. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, of NIL talk and a lot of Braylon Allen talk. I think those were two topics that, that popped up a lot. Even Graham Mertz was touching about Braylon Allen being being a freak and he's excited to, to see what he can do. I know Gary Brown mentioned that, uh, that conversation that he kind of called him and said, uh, you know, what do you want to, you know, I want to start and, and try it running back. And, and he said, okay. And then Paul Chris said, Hey, you know, this kid's going to be in your room and, and we're going to give him the ball and see what happens. So I think a lot of people are excited to, to get to practice. We've heard so much about the physicality of him. Um, and certainly just to finally see him and, and see what he does at that running back position is, is, going to be exciting because uh, we've talked a lot about Braylon Allen and as everybody has because he's just a prospect that you don't see um, every single day that way. And Joe Rudolph w- was certainly interesting with his talk as well. He sounded really um, energized and he's always a guy that's very ph- phys- philosophical in his conversation. I think I heard him say something about, you know, we could all be gone tomorrow or, or something like that. And you can't worry about certain stuff. Nice. But, <laughs> yeah. What, you know, Paul Chris has his buzzwords for sure, but Joe Rudolph can get into some of those as well. And um, I, I think he sounded really energized and excited about, you know, taking this offensive line back over. Um, he, he ranted and raved about the young guys. I know he talked about, you know, Riley Mallman. Uh, of course, Jack Nelson, which has dominated the headlines that way as well. So I think each of the position coaches are are really excited about their opportunity. The one other thing that stood out to me, I know Paul Crest, Paul Crest mentioned it in his presser, um, was that Jim Leonard, had, he thought Jim had a lot of uh, stuff on his plate last year, which is part of the reason that this coaching rotation kind of happened with Chris taking over the quarterback room. And uh, of course, that opened up a spot um, where... 
they could bring on another defensive guy if they didn't have a quarterback guy. So you might see the cornerback room really benefit from having a position coach. And I think the defense overall will benefit by taking a little bit off Jim Leonard's plate that he can focus on the defense um, as a whole. So really everyone sounded excited, excited to get back to playing football and and get in front of the everyone at Camp Randall Stadium. Yeah. And and I'm glad you brought up that um, that piece about Paul Chris taking over quarterbacks, because in addition to um, some of that news, there was also breaking news about a couple new grad assistants that I thought was interesting. Um, people kind of recognize names, most likely Keller Christ, his his nephew um, is is co- going to be a grad assistant, helping out with the quarterbacks and on the offense as well. Um, he was a heralded recruit coming out of high school, dealt with some injuries, but um, played at both Stanford and Tennessee. So it's I think that's a nice addition to the the staff, and he's going to be somebody who's going to probably work very closely with with uh, the quarterbacks. I know Bobby Dunn has done a, a lot of that as well at times. But then Manasseh Gardner, um, uh, you know, he started off with the Badgers, ended up going to Pitt, played with with Chris, and he was a guy. And, and I tweeted out a little bit about it. Who it's fascinating to see what where where he's going to help this team out. I would assume it's going to be helping out with the wide receivers and tight ends a little bit. But he's an H-back guy that, I mean, his, his career arc can mirror what Jalen Franklin's is or could be. I think that would be absolutely huge for the Badgers because Gardner was a guy they started off on defense, really good athlete, didn't know where to put him. He then um, made a shift to tight end room, um, added weight, ended up being a, a really good wide receiver slash tight end H-back type for Pittsburgh his last two years and ended up going and, and playing a little bit in the NFL for a few years. So I think that's, that's a fascinating one because he, him and, you know, Jalen Franklin kind of doing the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other because they are very similar players, recruiting pedigree, athletes in high school. Um, I, I think, you know, size wise, very similar players. Um, so I think that that's somebody on staff that could definitely help out in that arena. And I think that's, that's a positive. So I think that was one other note that I almost forgot. Yeah, I think important. This staff has got a lot of new faces that they'll be taking on um, some bigger challenges this year with us hopefully getting back to a full and normal football season that we're all looking forward to. I know hearing from some of those younger and, and newer uh, position coaches was a lot of fun to get their perspective on things. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion. Like I mentioned, we've got about an hour's worth of audio uh, to get you guys through, so we didn't want to take up too much of your time because I'm sure you're uh, excited to hear from some of the coaches and players. So uh, our audio starts with Paul Chris and his presser. Um, A lot of good things noted from there. Then it gets into Mickey Turner and some of the position coaches as well. And then after that, it will get into the players, Leo Chennault, uh, Cesar Williams, a few other guys, and, of course, Graham Mertz talked for about 10 minutes at the end. Again, it is a little windy. Some of the audio is a little tough to hear. You might have to turn your volume up a little bit, but we figured you'd rather have it in there versus uh, not have it at all. So hopefully you guys enjoy. We'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way here now, and then we'll get into that audio with the players and coaches. It's it's a good day, right? And and uh, always look forward to to this day when we get a chance to start fall camp. And, and uh, I think, like I've said before, you know, I like a lot about this team, and and yet I know that there's a lot of work that we we have to get done, and I uh, look forward to doing that. And um, you know, fall camp is a I think it's a great time for a team and for individuals to um, truly get ready, and we're excited to be obviously playing, 
this year, but but to make the most out of this season, we got to have a great fall camp. We do have um, microphone holders, AJ and Patrick, so just flag one of them down. Yeah, Paul, can you expand a little bit on the specifics of what you like about this team even before camp starts? Yeah, I think what what I like about this group is you know I like the one I like the individuals, you know who they are, and and um, I, I I enjoy being around them. I think that uh, they they're a group that wants to be coached. That uh, I think you know is, is willing to do. You know we got to have purpose to it, but they're willing to do uh, what they can uh, to be the best they can be. And I also think it's a group that that values team. And um, now our actions have to follow that, right? But uh, I think we've got a, a number of guys that have have enough experience that 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 truly know and value, you know, to do something well, it takes purposeful effort and action. And, uh, and so I think we've got that, you know, I think we've got um, I said a number of guys that have played and, and some that haven't that, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see them this fall camp and, and see if, you know, they can earn, you know, a meaningful role. and. Um, I say that in really every role should be meaningful, but um, you know where they can truly contribute in in a fashion, and, and how do we come together and, and be the best we can be? But I think they want that, Jeff. So that's why I say I like them. I like the individuals, and I like kind of where they're coming from. Paul, for you and your staff, how different are these new rules with the limited contact days and? Scrimmage time. How different is that from what you guys have been doing in years prior? You know, it's um, I, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know. But I, when you get the, when you know and you get the rules, it, it's our job to uh, apply them in such a way that it you can still get done everything you need to get done. And I think the one thing that really through the course of my coaching, there's been a number of changes. You know, it's uh, probably a bigger change was when we went from two days to one a days. And, um, and yeah, I think it's all um, you gotta you gotta make it to where it's it's this is what the rules are, and, and how do you how do you make the most of them? But I don't know how. Different. I, I do. I really do believe we can get done what we need to get done. I know every team went through a bunch of issues off field last season with COVID and stuff. But y'all had particular issues, particular issues plus regular run no injuries, receiver and running back. Having those guys back, truly really running back and receiver, and being healthy at those spots. How much more? Yeah, you know, uh, everyone went through a lot last year, and and um, and you, you you try to learn from it, and you, you know, I think that we're always going to be our best when we have everyone available, right? Will that happen? Odds are uh, not in your favor that way. Um, 
but I think that you know certainly any group uh, if you can have you know one thing you want to have is consistency and that certainly is an area offensively where we've got to be where we can improve you know be more consistent and uh, you know part of it is uh, when the lineup changes doesn't matter you know what unit that makes it harder but at the same time you know I think one goal that we all have as coaches is how do we develop not just develop depth but develop a depth with a consistency that um, like I said things are going to happen and, and guys will you know invariably miss time you know and how, how do you how do you not have it affect negatively the group and I think that's certainly a a big goal that you have every year at camp is to develop not just depth but but good productive depth that can play at a consistent level so that when those things do happen um, you don't you don't have the, the the drop off and that's that's all of our jobs you right coaches and players Graham's had a lot come his way. How do you think he's handling it? And really, how, how are your other players as a whole kind of handling everything new that's coming at them? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of discussions with our, you know, specifically with our players about how they're viewing it. I, I you know, have thought all along, you know, that um, it can be a good thing, but uh, it can also be you know distraction and you know that's everyone's job to make sure that it you know the main things stay the, the main things and um, you know the one thing I've always appreciated you know when talking with Graham specifically about it is you know I believe he's coming from you know a good place and in, in, in being you know a great teammate is important to him and so I'm gonna still trust that, and uh, and I think everyone's navigating these waters, and and certainly I think everyone in 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 sports kind of knows that uh, there is going to be different levels, and and yet I think some are probably experiencing it more for the first time, um, and those are all opportunities for us to to grow and and to learn but you know I think if we want to we want to be the best team we can be you know we've certainly got to everyone you know in the program's got to do their best to like I said focus and, and keep the main thing the main thing and, and to me that's how can we be the best team and how can each guy contribute to us being the best team and you know while they're doing that continue to have the opportunity to go to school and earn a meaningful degree. Those those things last and, and then I think if you can approach it that you know what comes in the out of the name image likeness is it's kind of a residual of that. You know, if you wanna if you want name image likeness to work for you, be a part of a good team and be a good contributor on a good team. And uh, you know we've really it's the first time it's been monetized and legalized the way that it is, but 
you could probably look back and say it's been going on for a long time. It's just now it's a formal, uh, you know, it's formalized more. But I don't think the recipe changes any, you know. And we're lucky, and, and many of the guys on this team are fortunate that, you know, they got to be around a guy like JT. And you talk about a guy that absolutely did it the right way. And um, no, I know it was a different time, right? We all do. But at the same time, I don't think his approach would be any different. And it, it shows you, you know, once he became a pro and all that kicked in, and he, he had more than enough opportunities. Why? Because he was the person he is and the player he is. And I think that's still a pretty good recipe. Our guys should you got to see it firsthand. You got to see it every day. You got to see it in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, off fields, on campus, you know, in the apartments. It's uh he's a great example. Paul, a lot of new faces on the coaching staff too, and just kind of talk about, you know, you saw them in the spring, got a little bit of a taste of them. How excited are you to see them now coming to the fall and help these guys out? Well, I'm really excited. You know, I'm I'm grateful and appreciative to one, get to do what I get to do, but to do it with the group that we have. And, uh, you know, certainly, like you said, you know, we were able to, you know, for Gary and Hank, and, and in some ways with Ross, you know, the three kind of new additions, um, you know, spring was, was important, important for our players to, to get a great feel for them. And, and even Elvis, you know, didn't have a spring last year and, you know, fall preseason last year was very different. You know, so I think there was some um, some benefit to, to all that. And, um, you know, I, I am, like I said, I'm, I'm grateful for being able to do this and, and with this group. And I, and I have a lot of trust and confidence in this group, you know, and it, it goes back to, you know, I like the moves that we were able to make with our whole staff, you know, kind of the way things unfolded for us last year, you know. Um, last year, you know, kind of what what do we need to do to be better, you know, as, as a staff? And one of it was, you know, I thought that, you know, Jimmy had a lot on his plate. And so if we could give him some help and also, you know, I had a chance to work with Hank and to be able to hire and be able to work with Hank. You know, I, I was excited for our players, you know, and, and not that Jimmy wasn't coaching them, but like I said, I think we now we're able to give our safeties a little bit more attention and our corners more attention. And, uh, you know, that was, that was important. And to do that, you know, we had to reshuffle some things on offense. And, and that's really what drove me getting to be more involved. You know, I have all the trust and confidence in the world in, in Joe, but Joe and I sat down and said, okay, what do we need to do to help this group be the best it could be? And it was, you know, to fully, you know, commit Joe to the offensive line. And I said, okay, to do that, then I can step in and, and I'll do quarterbacks. That gives us an extra spot on defense. and. And uh, you know, I'm really excited about having Gary here, and I love the way that he goes about and teaches the game and, and his approach. And 
And, you know, I've been around Ross and when he was coaching and when he's in the weight room and uh, love, you know, the way that he is on the field. I think it's really good for us. So I think, you know, I feel great with the additions that we've been able to to have come join us. And, and I appreciate what everyone did to help make that work. But I'm, I'm really confident in the group. I trust the group a ton. And uh, absolutely looking forward to fall camp with them. Well, we saw Keith come back from that injury in the fall to have a pretty productive spring. What have you seen from him this summer kind of holding that center position even more than we saw last season? Yeah, I think, you know, with Caden, it's, um, it has been fun to see kind of his, uh, his confidence level um, rise. And I think what that therefore allows is to help focus and put energy into other guys, right? And if you can do that, we're going to ask that out of a lot of our upperclassmen, you know, and that's what's always fun about a new season is that everyone's role will be a little bit different. And uh, Caden's is one of those, you know, how can he, you know, take the steps necessary individually and in which I think he's done a really nice job of, but then also, right, now what can you give back and, and how can you help to make the unit, uh, you know, whether it's the O-line unit or not just the offense, you know, our team better. And I think that's what I think he's in position to do now. And had he not done all the work to get to that point individually, I don't think a guy's capable of doing that. And, and I think he's done a nice job there. And I think that's the next thing you kind of look for. And, and I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that out of him. topics that came up. One would be the potential expansion of the college football playoff and then potential realignment with the SEC grabbing two teams. Two strong feelings on either top. Like, would you want to see, do you think it would be good for the game to see more teams out the game in the playoff? And how do you feel about where the Big Ten is and where you might want to see it go in terms of the Yeah, you know, Jeff, I've spent a lot of time on those things that I have so much control over. Um, but, but, I mean, you, you don't – the game is important, right? And it's important to me and, and um, it's important to kind of everyone in this program and the athletic department on this campus in the state. That's what's pretty cool about, you know, being here. A lot of people care about it. And uh, I think that, you know, there's a – to have more opportunity – Again, there's value to that. Um, I think that there's so many things that have to work along with that um, that it's going to take really a lot of work, which is possible to do, but everyone has to, if they can come from it, from what's really good for the game. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, how many games do you really want being played and you know I, I still am a fan of the bowls and the bowl system and I know what that has meant to so many kids and you know what we've gone to some really you know the highest level type bowls other than the championship ones and you know we've been in other ones but they've all been really good experiences right so how you incorporate that and and I think you know, the one thing about the, the end of the year is you are navigating the, 
you know, finals. We're not all on the same academic calendar. And so a long way of saying, I think, that absolutely worth looking into and considering. I think, you know, myself, players would be in favor of it, but then you got to assess what what are you giving up to get that. And, and that's where I think you really need people that truly care about the game to be a big influencer in those decisions. And you asked about some, oh, Big Ten. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, it's, uh, I think it was significant what we saw with Texas and Oklahoma um, and how each conference kind of reacts to it or plans to go ahead. Um, it will be, I think it'll be interesting. And it's obviously a, a time for, uh, you know, the, the leadership. This is the time to, to lead. This was fascinating to watch. It was like a close race. You need to pick up your game a little bit on the edge. Nicely done. <laughs> I, I still think we should. It's been around for a while. Like it's <laughs> it, it's a it's a good way to solve these things. What's the next step you want to see from Graham, and just what did you think of his approach this spring, and whatever you want to see from him this offseason? Yeah, I I I liked his approach. I appreciated his approach. Um, he's got to he got to be more consistent, and. Uh, you know, I'll end up saying that about every guy the whole time. But it's the truth, right? How can you be better and then do that at a consistent level and then keep finding ways to get better and be consistent at it. But but I have absolutely been impressed and I appreciate the way he's approached it. And I think it's been with purpose. And um, I think that he's accurately saw what happened last year and kind of where he's at and what he did well and, and areas he's got to improve upon, which I think is a big part of it. And now we got to, you know, certainly within whatever, you know, you had spring practice and then you, know, you get a chance to do some stuff in the summer. I liked everything he's done to this point, but now uh, fall camp is a great time to kind of put all that learning into action and, and uh, got to help them get there but it's kind of like what we talked about first when I was asked what do I like about this team it's you know Graham's a great example that it's important to him he wants to be coached uh, he wants to kind of you know have a high bar and uh, and it's our job to help him do that well, a couple questions where you're talking about taking more off Jimmy's plate but by doing that you added more to your plate I think from the outside it seems like a Pretty big deal that the head coach is now coaching a quarterback and just added more to his, his daily grind. Um, is that a fair way of looking at it, or, or what, what changes specifically with you in terms of how you operate now? It's, um, I, mean, I think what changes is probably that um, you have to, at times, you have to be a little bit more narrow minded, right? Um, and you're going to take time to. To do that, you know, you've got to take time in the off season to to study what you need to study, and that's why all of these decisions. Part of the reason you're able to do it or not is 
for me, it's the trust and confidence with those around you. And players are included in that, you know, and, and, and what do they need and what what was it that I was providing that maybe I can't do as much of and you make sure that it's getting done. And um, so I think what led to it all was, you know, if you didn't have great confidence in, you know, all your defensive coaches and spending too much time with the offense could be a detrimental. Um, but I, f I feel real good there. You know, I feel like we got the right people in place to allow something like this to happen. And, and that's why it's, they're all kind of inter intertwined. And I think that's, you got to do whatever you can do to make the team the best it can be. And I think this is the best way to do it. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's humble of, you know, Rudy to do what he's did, but he not, cares nothing more than this team and wanted to make sure he could do all that he can do for the group that he could do. And same thing, you know, there's a lot of guys in my position, it's a lot easier to not do that, but this is why we're here. And this is the fun part about us. How can we help this group be the best they can be? And, and so I think it takes everyone to make something like that happen. And, you know, even off field support staff, you know, I trust that group so then you don't have to spend as much time maybe dealing with different things. It goes all the way up to, you know, kind of your, your dealings and the way you interact with, you know, Mac and, and, and whatnot. So I think really everyone allows for it to happen and uh, hopefully I do a good job with it. Paul talking about helping out too. Back in May, you were part of the Badger Trio that gave back to local pop corner. I think that you know you always look for opportunities that you can you can give back in a meaningful way and um, obviously you know football the game but really as much kind of what comes out of the game means a lot and so if you can help in some way uh, provide that opportunity why wouldn't you right and so I think those those are easy ones and you want to do as much as you can right but it uh, when when you heard about it that was a pretty kind of no-brainer that was a that was cool too you know as you know call Kyle Borland you know was with Rydell and played here and um, he was a big part of that and, you know just how different people rally around it I think it's always uh, it's inspiring The closer. <laughs> well, obviously, the offense missed guys like Pryor and Davis last year, but Dunn had his best season. I'm guessing his role might not be the same this year. Is he the type of guy who will care if he has fewer catches, maybe gets a little less PT as long as things click on offense? Yeah, I, I do believe he is driven by the team. I think that's what kind of puts him in position to make those it, it's not the same but it's similar to what we just talked about I do I don't think you ever do something to get something but I do think there's the more you give somehow it comes back to you and uh, I think that's going to be the key to our success as a team 
you know, that how many guys can we get to truly significantly contribute and not let that a number judge it. And the good part is, you know, you, you know as a player when you're contributing and you know yeah this one's a stat contribution or this one's not but it really shouldn't change the way you feel and I think getting back specifically about Dunner I think that he is if he can truly contribute that that is the most meaningful thing to him everyone wants you know to to contribute and you know AJ Taylor I learned that watching him you know he wanted so bad sometimes he would he would kind of uh, become a little bit of his own worst enemy, coming from a good place, but want to do it. And so I think that's part of your job as a coach as to how you can, one, show value to it, the things that aren't necessarily a statistical uh, piece of it. And then also I think that's teammates know, right? And that, that's, that's what we've got to reinforce and you build that culture because I think for us, how many times we know that, and you guys know a lot of production out of linebackers, but you know a lot of stuff was happening up front, and you don't want to ever see that. Like I want Keanu to be productive this year, I want him to impact games and Henny, right? But they also need to know that them doing their part may not lead to a direct stat, but it could. They know, and I think that if we can have that truly be a fabric of this team then I think we have a chance to be the best team we can be. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Now get off the field. Now it's time for some assistant coaches. We'll start with cornerback coach Hank Botit. He talked about what he liked from some of the younger guys in the room and what he's looking for his room overall this fall. I just wanted to ask you about, obviously you know what you've got in the older guys, you know, Fayon, Caesar. What other guys have you gotten to really like? I know you stepping into a new position um, and gotten to know in some of that younger group that you maybe don't know as much of um, in terms of playing time. Well, going off of spring and how I was able to see how guys handled themselves in certain situations, I really liked what I saw out of Alex Smith, uh, Dean Ingram. Uh, prior to him getting hurt, um, thought Deron Harold was doing a mm -hmm. really good job because um, he's another guy who played a lot of reps sure. uh, played on both sides of the ball so he has a good feel for the game good ball skills um, so those those guys stood out to me a lot um, Dante has a lot of experience as well played a lot of reps I think he will add some depth and then some of the younger guys still trying to uh, see how they would handle themselves in, in, in certain situations. I think uh, Samar Melvin, he had a really good summer, and he's played in some big games. Uh, can't wait to see how he uh, looks this camp because he had a couple injuries that was uh, bothering him as well in the spring. So uh, I'm excited about the group. You know, it's, it's a lot of guys that has grown on me since I've been here. Yeah, for sure. It's an excited group. How have you gotten to know? I know obviously Jim Leonard was kind of taking that role last year and you stepping in to kind of help that. How has that relationship went working with him? I know you guys were in the league around the same time, correct, in the NFL? and, and so, Somewhat. Sure. He's a little younger than me. Sure. But uh, we, we did cross paths. Um, 
a little bit. And uh, it's been awesome working with Jim. Uh, I think we have the, the same vision when it comes to how we approach our players, developing relationships with them, uh, mentoring them, uh, you know, uh, just just make helping them to be the best them on and off the field. For sure. You know, sure. and that that's that's how we really connected from the, the the minute we spoke on the phone before I even was hired. You know, it was a, a, a connection. We we both saw that. We, we both had this, we on the same page. So it's been really good working with them. We feed off of each other. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll do things separately mm -hmm. and then we'll get together and talk about some of the things that we saw. For sure. Yeah. sure. How's the competition do you expect this fall? I know you, you talked about the corners. You've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing with that group, it's going to be a pretty competitive group. Are you excited to see what they're going to bring? Absolutely. Especially when they know that it's going to be competition and they know that guys have gotten better and they see how hard guys have been training this summer and some of the development that uh, occurred throughout the spring on into the summer. You know, it's who can handle that pressure? I want to see who can handle adversity, who can, um, who, who's able to, to deal with, man, I'm in a competition. Uh, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, and I tell everybody, everything, it starts with the mind, the mental part. Can I handle everything mentally? And from there, everything else will play out because we're going we gonna to get better technique and fundamentally, but we can't allow our mind or mindset to break down when we deal with some t some adversity. So it's going to be interesting to see how guys uh, take that approach going into to camp with the competition. For sure. All right. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I'm excited. Next up, tight end coach Mickey Turner. He talks about the progression of Jake Ferguson and some of the younger guys in the tight end. Nice shirt. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, of course, you've got Jake Ferguson. What kind of progress? He, I mean, already going into last year, phenomenal player. What steps do you think he's taken to get even better than where he was at this time, you know, kind of last year? I see a little more consistency out of him because uh, we know he's capable of big plays, but can he do it every game? Uh, I think part of that has to do with his conditioning. I mean, he's in as good a shape as I've seen him, just top to bottom. Um, and guys, you know, they get a little older in their career, and they, they take that piece of it more and more serious. So uh, I think his mindset is one where I need to just make sure that he's he has that bigger vision in mind that you you know it's not just you looking at you the team's looking at you they're looking for some leadership out of you what can you give them that way because um, I know he'll handle his business but you know if, if a young guy's struggling can he take him under his wing if, if the guy standing next to him in the huddle is his first play going against the Big Ten team you know how are you going to help that guy because what he can give to this team isn't just at the tight end position in my opinion, you know for sure. With those younger guys you kind of mentioned with, with Jake kind of taking on as a leader, what have you seen from some of those like Clay and, and Hayden and, and Ashenbach? Where have they kind of grown? Finally, they got a spring ball for them. You know, Helpful, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it was like two or three classes there that were all kind of lumped together because of the, the last year and what we had to deal with. So, you know, all of them have grown a ton, um, weight room-wise especially. You know, they're, they're, they're lifting the kind of weight that I, I expect now out of that group. Um, but this will be a huge test for him because, as you know, you know, spring ball is all about developing, and you get to see the same look over and over. And now fall camp's about can you do it against the toughest of competition. And so I think the speed will ramp up in these next few weeks for him where we've got a little bit of leeway these first five practices to let them get their feet underneath them. 
But after that, it's like, hey, man, games are coming, you know, and, and you better keep up or else uh, there's not enough time to just go back and recycle things over and over. Speaking of Hayden, um, of course, he's been a really strong blocker right out of high school. How has he developed in the passing game a little bit? I know that's you know, something he said he was working on for sure. He's just, I don't want to say he's taking better care of himself because I think he always did. He just knows how to take better care of himself now. So he's, he's doing a lot more outside the football field, mobility work, stretching, eating right, and you know, just watching him run routes this offseason, the, the fluidity and the way he moves and catches is night and day different, you know, and, and there's still always going to be things to keep building on and working on there, so it's, he's not finished product by any means, but I could tell that he took that to heart without me having to badger him over and over about it. For sure. All right. Up next is running back coach Gary Brown. He talked a little bit about Ches Malusi as well as Jalen Berger. I will say the audio on this one is a little bit tougher um, just based on where we were at and the wind, so bear with us, but I think you guys will still enjoy it. In a way, Ches is kind of the older running back in that room. Do, do you think he kind of brings a veteran presence to some of those I think he does. I think he does. I think he does. I think that uh, the guys look to him because he really, really, when he came in, his, the way he went about his business was different than what the other guys were doing. It was sort of, it was sort of like, wow, you know, he's doing things a little different, and I think it's helped out a lot for the room. I think that uh, they follow him a little bit. Uh, but I still believe that he's still young in his in his development, so we still got to keep pushing him in the right direction as well. What did you like about what he did at Clemson in a limited capacity? I really like the way he moved around. I like the way he did his he, the way he moved with the football. I like the way he ran his routes. He didn't he didn't have a problem sticking his base in there and pass protection. So I'm really excited about seeing him uh, develop. Coach, you mentioned Jalen. You know, only 60 carries last year. Still young and fresh. What have you seen from him in terms of maybe physically getting ready for a full now slate of a Big Ten season and, and taking? I tell you what, he's gotten stronger in the weight room. Which I, when I first got here, I said you got to get stronger in your lowers. He's gotten stronger in his squat, his legs. He's gotten better, better in his bench press. Uh, and he, I think he's taking a more laser-focused mentality on what he wants to be. And uh, you know, he's gotten some little things, you know, in the offseason as far as the go walk or watch list and things that are motivating him to be better which is good. Now you just got to live up to those standards. So hopefully we can live up to those standards. One more question. Isaac and, and Julius Davis, two guys that really talented guys. Just have, you haven't seen a lot from them on the field. What have you liked and seen from those guys so far? Yeah, Isaac and Julius are great, great uh, players. Uh, they both have a skill set that are kind of different from one another. I would say Isaac's more of the 220-pound sprinter, you know, 4-3, can put his foot in the ground, get physical, and then run away from you if you have to. Julius is more as that shake and bake, getting the great COD. So both of them have a skill set that can be very, very effective. You just got to keep them healthy. For sure. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Next up is offensive line coach Joe Rudolph. I jumped in this one a little bit late, so it jumps in the middle. But I think there's some valuable conversation on what he expects from the offensive line room. Any similarities between JP and Bo? Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely see that. From what I understand, um, JP was a little bit further along in the weight room in some areas, just um, just having dedicated himself maybe a little bit earlier to that, knowing he was going to be a lineman. I think Bo was a tight end up through his senior year, and and um, uh, but a lot a lot of similarities in those guys. So big and long, and man, did Bo Benchwell have an incredible career. So he's got a. Uh, He's got some really cool things to kind of fight for and live up to, but it'd be kind of cool watching your brother on some of the cut-ups and go, shoot, man, I could do that as good or better than that cat, you know? So it's probably a lot of fun for him. 
So does the O-line coach get a cut of the mission barbecue deal? <laughs> yeah, what the shit? <laughs> huh? I hope so. I'm gonna I'll put I gotta put that on him. You know? Fer Fergie was telling us how he's watched some of them eat. He said one time he went over and there were like 20 Domino's pizza boxes stacked up and he said they were laying back and rubbing their bellies. Those guys have and you know what? Uh, like I, I joke about those guys, and they are who they are in a, in a good way. But Sophie, who is our nutritionist, has done an incredible job with those guys, really. And a lot of times you don't see that until um, until after they graduate, and now they're prepping to go on, and you see this like transformation where they start eating well, and you, you know what I mean. They go away somewhere. But you look at Caden Lyles. I think the weight he's carrying is tremendously better shape, better weight for him. I think Seltzner the same. Um, I think uh, um, Bruss has always been that guy, but I think Beach has changed his body a great deal. You look at Malman from when he came in in uh, in the winter to where he's at right now. The weight Jack Nelson and Bordellini have put on, like pretty pretty impressive. So. Yeah, and then they have their moments where they just go at it too, which is that's why they're lying. Well, apparently Blake Smith back is very popular because his mom makes Rice Krispies treats with peanut butter. Well, she's obviously a saint, that lady. <laughs> um, on a serious note about Caden. Yeah. I mean, obviously he took one for the team in 2018, playing defensive line. Where is he today compared to when you first shifted him back to O line, both yeah. physically, mentally, everything? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think uh, I think the biggest thing for him is is he's you know he's when since he shifted back he's had a couple opportunities where he's battled through injuries. You know, he, he battled through them in 2019. He, he battled through them uh, last year, and and um, really what he went through to get back to 2020 was pretty amazing. You know, the you know that that is not those are not easy procedures, and that is does not set you up to have tremendous confidence to tear it up. You have more of a mindset that I can do this, not that I can dominate doing this. And I think he's got a uh, real chance to take a large step this year. And I said it, if he hasn't, if he didn't take that step, I think there'd be guys in there that would have passed him. So the fact that he's fighting and in the position he's at is really a credit to him. And, you know, he's really gotten out of his comfort zone and has tried to work on details and, and um, techniques that I think could help him to grow. So it's it's been fun working with him. Which young guy or guys that haven't got a lot of snaps yet, fans maybe haven't had a chance to see on the line, are you eager to see or stood out and why? Yeah, I think probably Nelson would be the first guy just because he didn't play really at all last year, a little bit in, in some end of game. But he's had a, he really had a great freshman year campaign and, and kind of getting ready and and um, I think he's at a spot now that um, that really fits his mindset, at least his mindset as a as a redshirt freshman. And um, I'm excited for him. Yeah, I, I really am. I think he's I think he's got a chance to put together a really good year. Logan Brown is. I mean, ask you a lot about him. You know, yeah. Five star guys show up. Fans get very excited. What's been your message to him? Um, kind of about biding biding your time and. Obviously, when you make a move and, and put a veteran at left tackle, that may mean less reps for him. Can you can you share kind of what your approach to that has been and how he's approached it? Yeah, um, Logs has has really worked his tail off and been proud of him. He's worked through a lot, you know. Like even though he's uh, going to be in his third year, you know, he really didn't have a first year at all, and um, he's battled through some injuries and. Um, 
just some things I think is probably him just continuing to develop, you know, things either weight room wise or mobility, um, flexibility wise. I think there's certain things that I think he's continuing to grow in and change and for the be for the better. And um, I kind of said someone asked me in the spring about like, you know, what what was holding him back. And I said and I said um, I said just kind of some consistency things. And that's really the battle everyone faces. Right. And some guys at their top end you know, is kind of where you go, dang, how, how good can this guy be? And he does things that are tremendously talented. And you're like, dang, that, you know, that that's that's what you're looking for. So the battle for consistency has been more about his things that have limited him from being in there. You know, when he's in there and he's in there consistently, I, I, I think we can get him to where he needs to be to be out there for us. It's, it's fighting a little bit of that battle. Now it's time for some players. First up, cornerback Caesar Williams. How much do you think you've grown from, you know, when you walked in here as a freshman, walking through here now for your sixth picture? What do you think, what would you tell younger Caesar Williams, you know, now, what he didn't know? Um, I would tell him, you know, I had a problem with adversity, you know, growing up uh, as a young player. Adversity and being consistent, understanding what those things mean to be a good player and into a coach, you know, understanding from a different perspective. As a younger player, I, I think I just understand, understood things as, you know, I'm trying to get on the field and not knowing why I'm not on the field, but I'm thinking I'm outperforming him, doing what he can't do, but it's, it's more to it. You know, you got to be versatile in this defense. You got to understand the defense and you got to know how to make plays in the defense. And I think taking all those steps, learning defense, knowing when to take chances, when to take, when not to, uh, when to play smart, and when to take risks, um, is 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 something I learned over the course of the years. Caesar, I think uh, yeah, Fayon touched on it a couple weeks ago about having Coach Hank and the energy that he brings for you guys, and having a coach specifically for this position. You know, what, how do you feel about him? You know, what's what's the vibe that you're getting from him right off the bat? Yeah, I, I love Coach Hank. You know, he's always encouraging us to find ways to be better, whether that's on the field or off the field. And that's where I, I like the way he pushes us. I mean, it's always in a coachable, uh, calmly manner. He doesn't have to yell at us to get his point across. He doesn't have to punish us to get his point across. So with him being our position coach, with his experience and everything that he brings to us as to our toolbox and makes us better players, I, I love the um, the ride. I'm, I'm, I'm wait, I can't wait for the ride, you know, for the season to start with Coach Hank. Uh, home advantage is probably going to feel a lot different this season in a good way mm -hmm. uh, with, with fans coming back, especially week one, Penn State. Uh, to think about this place being packed again, what's that like for you? Oh, I can't wait. You know, that whole no fan thing was kind of weird to me. That was I, – I never had – I mean, coming from the state of Texas, I never had to experience something like that. Um, you know, we we bleed football, eat, bleed, you know, the same. We, we it's, it's nothing but football, but um, for us to play in a crowd where it just feels like practice, where it's cardboard fans and all that, it just it humbles you. I know that much, um, and I never thought that would be taken away from us. So for that to be taken away from us and then be brought back is I can't wait. You know, just look back on all the memories, all the jump arounds is the fans make the game and they make a lot of memories and a lot of moments so to have them back this year for this season it would be special what's uh what's wisconsin's 2021 culture shoot um our culture is 
Hmm. I think it's earning, earning our respect. You know, people aren't too high on us, aren't too low on us. You know, I think we just have to go out there and prove ourselves and be who we say we are. You mentioned Hank Um Obviously, last year you guys were probably a little frustrated with some calls with your physicality at the quarterback position. I know he's kind of stressed to continue to play physical, play aggressive. Uh, what has his been messaging kind of been this offseason? You've gotten to know him as your position coach. Um, well, with him is you get out what you put in. You know, uh, he doesn't. As a cornerback, you should always be perfecting your craft, no matter how good you think you got it, or it can, it can always be improved. And with me being a with me being a six year and not having only having one class this fall, he he sees it as no reason why I shouldn't be up here working every day or spending most of my time here every day, you know, because he was, I believe he was at Pitt when Errol Donald was there, and as good as a player Errol Donald is, and for him to witness that, he just puts that on us. So I, I just listen, and I just try to be the best player I can be. Next up is outside linebacker Nick Herbig. Nick, I know you just mentioned you're kind of you guys are kind of pissed off, so to speak, at the numbers you put out last year and everything like that. Um, what specifically have you guys trying to focus on to, to really get better and elevate your game? Because you guys were a good defense last year, but I know you obviously want to be better than, than where you were at last year. Um, I think we just need to elevate as more of a we need to finish. You know, like we'll we'll come out strong and we'll kind of die off in the the second half. And I feel like we're gonna be better at that this year. We just need to finish everything and see it through. The outside linebacker spot is an interesting group. You've got a lot, some guys have played a lot of football, some younger guys. Which guys, anyone stand out that you've seen you know, in the, in the limited spring and what you'll see this fall? Um, I mean, I feel like everybody's been been doing their part, really, honestly, and I don't think it's just one guy that's been doing good. I think the whole room, like our, our group as a whole, I think we're very deep and very talented, you know, so no, no matter who's in there, like it, it's going to be, they're going to cause havoc. I know you kind of mentioned the energy of Camp Randall. Of course, for you, last year you've never been in front of you know this crowd that you know, gets pretty ruckus. How excited are you to come be running out of that tunnel and see 80,000 people just yeah. uh, getting ready, especially in a Big Ten game? I mean, yeah. it's not like it's just a, a little opponent. It's going to be a huge contest for the first time in what feels like forever. I mean, I, it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I I hope the fans are rocking. I hope this thing is bumping. I hope it's going crazy, which I know it will. So. I mean, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Next up is inside linebacker, Leo Chanel. Uh, last year, I know there was a couple times you mentioned that you felt you were maybe just a step off from making a big play. And what has the offseason been like for you to, to try and improve and, and make a real big impact this year? Right. Um, I think I think I've, uh, our strength coaches have done a very good job at, you know, already, like, giving us, like, the strength, the speed we need. Um, I think it's, for me, it's getting better uh, day by day just you know one percent better they say day by day of just that almost like building that instinct the muscle memory of just flowing with the game better um not just like okay i can shed this block i can run through this guy it's it's more and jack mentioned it last year it's where i'm so quick to come downhill sometimes it's i gotta be more sometimes more patient and just seeing the game and understanding just the concepts of like the offense and what's what they're gonna do. You mentioned Jack. How how nice has it been to learn from a player of his caliber over the last couple of years? <clears throat> um, it's been a blessing. Um, him and Mikey, just being being by them and learning from them, kind of like two big brothers. Um, Jack brings like 
an aspect of the game that's really special. He's very instinctive. Um, he just knows football. Um, so that, that's all I have to say on that, I guess. Next up, quarterback and T-shirt salesman, Graham Mertz. Well, Graham, it's certainly been quite the offseason for you, kind of at the forefront of the name image likeness. Uh, how's that been going for you? And uh, obviously, how's that been different uh, this, this offseason than years past? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a new it's a new area that no one really understands truly. So for me, my biggest thing was I wanted to, ahead of time, have all the things in the background set up. Like, all right, we're going to know where we're going to go with, like, website and merchandise, stuff like that. And my dad and my family have done a great job of taking that off my plate <laughs> so I can focus on what's going on around here. So for me, my biggest thing is, like, it's great to uh, make some money off of it, but I can't let it be a distraction at all, and I'm not planning on it being a distraction at all. Is that easier said than done? Yeah, it's truly okay. completely. It's easy. No problems with it at all. Join the next step for you is to get more consistent. You used the word a number of times for the entire team. Mm -hmm. This program's been known for its consistency over the years. Last year, lots of ups and downs for a variety of reasons. Just how much has that been emphasized? Yeah, I mean, everybody always hears the consistency is key statement, and that's that's the truth. And for us, for us to play our best ball, it's when we're all playing together and playing consistent. So Coach Chris hit nail on the head on that one, and. For us to play Wisconsin football, smart, tough, dependable, it has to be consistent in those three areas. And we're planning on that. We just got to keep sharpening the blade. Do you feel like you've been more self-restrained during some of the workouts? 100%. I think that it's not, not just on the field. Like for me, my big thing was how can I be consistent in every area of my life? And that's family, faith, academics, and just being in the locker room with the guys and then being out here. And how can I be consistent in those areas? Because you can't let one fall short, or then you're not consistent at all. <laughs> so for me, it was uh, this offseason was trying to be just more of a balanced player and a person. And I think that's the, for me, that's the key to my growth in this offseason. I think everybody struggled with consistency last year. Yeah. Not just your football team, but every, I'm talking yeah. to everybody in the middle of the pandemic. That must have been, I mean, how do you, how do you get consistency when everything is can't, but you can grow from that and learn from it to be consistent. <laughs> so I think that the world was uncertain of a lot of things at that time, and like I can sit here and make excuses for days, and we all, we all can, but in the end, it, we didn't play our ball. We don't we don't like that. So uh, for us, it's how can be consistent right now and just really focusing on the details and own the details of everything in our lives. great dropping back knowing that you got you got depth at every position and um, I'm excited man <laughs> I can go on for days about those guys so we're ready <laughs> yeah a ton and I, I think that their impact this season will be you'll, you'll be seen in four years from now on, on the young guys too and them just really taking over that room and owning it and, and kind of setting the standard and showing the young guys this is, this is who we are as a receiving group is what we're going to be about. I'm so pumped of how they approach the offseason and just the, like I just talked about the attention to detail but they truly like extra one-on-one -on -one meetings with me one-on-one -on -one throwing sessions and really just owning it and they're ready to go and I'm ready to go with them. <laughs> Do you remember when Danny and KP and 
and Jake said, yeah, we're coming back. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was in that month. I knew probably two weeks after the Mayo Bowl from all of them because I just talked to them and like we, before they released it, I knew, but it was good to hear that. <laughs> what difference does Jake make having, having him as kind of that security blanket? A ton. I mean, when you can have, especially in this league, when you have a big tight end, they can run routes, block, you can do everything. And having him, it's big time for me and for this off, this offense as a whole. So I love Fergie. <laughs> you mentioned consistency and balance. And one of the things when we talked to Paul about NIL, which mm -hmm. obviously you're involved in, he said it's his, not concern, but just to be aware of that, make sure guys aren't taking on too much. Yeah. They're not focused. On, how much do you guys talk about make sure you focus on football academics before worrying about the other stuff yeah I mean we've we've had talks as a as a team like team only talks and just kind of setting the standard of how we're going to approach it and it's everything that a coach brought up at the start too was we're going to approach it like we're pros like you get this in the league might as well just start a little earlier and how can you not let it be a distraction and be a locker room divider and it's just knowing that the work always comes first and and for us you uh that's the work in the, the in academics here and your family. And how, how can you just own that before you add another thing to your plate? So you, you can't be doing a balancing act of a bunch of things and you're not ready for it. But I think that here we do a great job of owning that portion of it. You mentioned the locker room. Let me ask you that because it seems like guys are generally happy for you. Yeah. Um, did you worry at any point, like, will jealousy creep in or is this am I uh not really i mean i think that just goes to show the uh the guys we bring in here and like my, my whole thing with it is like if i can do a thing where i can bring guys with me with the whole line like that's pretty sweet so for me i'm trying to spread it out to a bunch of guys but i don't think we've had we won't have any problem with jealousy here because that's not the guys we recruit to come here or play here leo, leo made it sound like he <laughs> I mean, I, he, we always joke around like he's like my brother now. <laughs> Both number fives. <laughs> I say, so that Mission Barbecue deal, are you, this is the offensive line with what said on social media. I saw the picture of you in there. Are you, are you part of that deal too? Or? Uh, not really. I, I just kind of did it for the whole line. How perfect is that pair? <laughs> Big guys in barbecue. Can't complain about that. <laughs> so you didn't try to work your way into that? I mean, yeah, I might. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm a big barbecue guy coming from Kansas City, so. How about the O-line? It looks like, uh, you know, Coach Rudolph has got a pretty good stack there from the ones to the twos. And hey, I'm Wisconsin O-lineman, man. Uh, it's fun. It's it's really fun having those guys up front. And I've gotten a lot closer with them this off season, and just kind of hung out with them. And we got some great alignment here, man. <laughs> Coach Chris talked about trust and confidence. And having trust in each other, how often does that word get thrown around and how important is that for you? I wouldn't say the word gets thrown around a lot, but it's just kind of understood that um, that's what we're about here and everything comes down to trust. You can, what's, this, what's the uh, thing? It's, you can build trust up your entire life and you can take, it can go like that. So for us, it's, it's like an unspoken rule that we have of just trust is the biggest thing here. And from top guy to the bottom guy, it's, it's all equal. So I think that's the big thing here. How big of a step do you think Jim can take this year? Jim takes a step every day. <laughs> that's the cool thing. Um, I could talk for days about that guy, but just his attention to detail, and it's he's going to take a big step.
and everybody will see you soon. But I can talk to Chase about these guys. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they're gonna be really good here, really good. And I think that like they're doing a great job of just kind of throwing themselves in there and being a sponge and just trying to soak everything in. And I think that down the road they'll be really good receivers here. Even this year they'll probably get some playing time, so it'll be great to see them. When it comes to this NIL too, what's been, I know you've had your deals and whatnot. What's been the most surprising aspect of the NIL process that you've had to navigate? Um, I would say the only surprising thing is I feel like a lot of people are kind of blowing it up, saying that it's, like, a huge market. And, like, coming from, like, a guy like me, like, obviously you get deals, but it's you can make it as busy as you want it to be and you make it as clean as you want it to be. So for me, I think that, like, everybody thinks it's this big, like, multi-billion, like, all these players are getting millions and millions. It's, it's not the case. Like, it's... If you are doing that, then you're, something's going to probably falter on the field. <laughs> like, you're taking away from your film study, all that stuff. So for me, it's like, I'd say the most surprising thing is that it's not a distraction at all. And I think that's a really good thing for me. Uh, we got a game on September 4th. <laughs> that's the only deal I'm worried about right now. <laughs> Dude, he's just, Bray's just a freak. Like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I've never seen a guy that, a running back that big throw around that much weight. Like, he's just a freak. It's going to be, it'll be cool to see what he does in camp. Because I haven't seen him run the ball yet, but I've seen him in just one-on-one -on -one workouts and stuff like that. So, it'll be cool to see him. How different is this fall camp for you? Obviously, last year with COVID and everything, taking that out of the equation. How different is for you going into this? You're the guy. Like, last year, Jack had yeah. I, I have never, the point I'm at right now, I've never been at before stepping on a football field. Just my overall level of comfort and confidence in my ability and the guys around me, we're, we're going to be ready to go. And I know that for sure. Right now, if you told me I had a game in a week, I'd be ready to go. So <laughs> the area of development edge and everything that I've put myself into and through this offseason, I'm excited to just kind of let it out. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, I do apologize for some of the audio. I understand the wind was whipping quite a bit in Camp Randall Stadium, and it's not ideal to be having media day outside, but we did what we could, and hopefully you guys still enjoyed hearing from some of the players. Hopefully they got you a little bit more fired up for football season, which is right around the corner. As always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.